you guys probably hear this from people, Rabin Vitovim Imani, but I want to just share uh, a machshava, something that I had on the way up here. I actually realized I, on the way up here, I've had the most alone time, alone time that I, I don't, I can't remember the last time I've, I've, uh, I've had, uh, I've had this much time by myself, and uh, I was like glued to ways. So like I didn't, uh, there was no listening to anything else, just uh, the sound of my. Uh, of my car and uh, and my own thoughts, and uh, and I want to just share one thought, not connected to what uh, to what we're talking about. First of all, thank you for coming, uh, and thank you to uh, Rav Judah, Dr. Benji, and to Amira also for helping set this up. Um, tremendous Akarasatov for the opportunity to to learn a little with you guys. Mirzashem, first of uh, a few sessions learning together. Uh, so the machshav is like this. You guys probably hear this a lot, and uh, and don't let it become a cliche. But you'll hear people that will come. Rabbi Vitomi, many will say this place is bechinas Eretz Yisrael, and uh, and I was thinking, what does that mean? Because uh, sometimes when things become so ubiquitous, uh, they become somewhat uh, emptied. Uh, their meaning becomes sort of emptied out of them. So what do we mean when we say something's bechinas Eretz Yisrael? So I, I believe, I believe um, that Eretz Yisrael is made up of three components that make it Eretz Yisrael. The first component that we talk about when we talk about Eretz Yisrael is landedness. Is that uh, people, need, uh, people need a place in the world. Um, when, you're, when you have a place in the world, you're able to give over that place to your next generation. You raise a family in that place and then you see your grandchildren and then you're buried in that place and then they take over. So, so what, what happens from a landedness and a groundedness is that we're able to preserve we're able to preserve something very important from generation to generation, and Eretz uh, Yisrael afforded that for the Jewish people. That's mechos chavseinu. Also, an aspect of landedness that we connect to to teva, um, that we're able even something as simple as being attuned to the sunrise and sunset, to the stars, to uh, to weather, whether it's raining, whether it's super hot outside, or it starts to get super cold. Connect, being being in teva, being in nature, is actually a degree of iskarvis takadosh baruch We get close to takadosh baruch when we experience nature, and it's a it's a hechitins. It's a way to get us to where we want to get. That happens in Eretz Yisrael. All of us probably uh, have in our minds, you know, that first Yerushalmi sunset or Beit Shemesh sunset or Tzvas, you know, and you and you see the mists coming down in between the valleys. That's Eretz Yisrael. And, um, and to be out of the city, to move out of the Makam of Neyadam, to get to a place where you're a little bit removed and you see green and you breathe air a little bit and you see stars a little bit at night. So there's a groundedness, there's a sense of, of being in a place and, and that does something very important to the Jewish soul. Um, that is not enough though, that's the first Markiv. That's not enough. What's needed to take, uh, to elevate every, there's a lot of places in the world that are very beautiful. Switzerland is very beautiful, but it's not Eretz Yisrael. And New Zealand is very beautiful, it's not Eretz Yisrael. But what elevates a simple connection to Teva is the ability, is Avodas Yisrael. Is Jews doing things for, for each other and for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And uh, when, when we fulfill mitzvahs, and we, when we learn Torah, we perform acts of chesed, we daven. So that creates an imprint, the spiritual reshimu, creates an imprint on, on land. And it elevates that land, and it takes it yashar el, takes it directly to God. So I was thinking when we, when people say you know can't pass because of bechinas eretz yisrael, I think what they mean, at least for myself, this is my understanding, just to, without allowing it to become a cliche, which is such a terrible thing. What I think is me, is meant is that we have a place here that we're outside makom yishuv Adam, This is our place, and many generations of counselors and uh, people before you have been in this place learning Torah, davening, and performing acts of chesed, and removing themselves from, from that which they're comfortable in, 
and opening themselves up to the possibility of connecting to other people and uh, being vulnerable. And, uh, and to do that in a place like this, where I was watching the sunset on the way down, and, like with, with the Ishtomimus, you know, it's not, I live in the city, it's very, you don't see stars for sure not, and, and you certainly, uh, sunrise, sunset, unless you happen to be in the right place, right time, you don't, you're not attuned to it. So that's what, that's what I think we mean. So, so I am, uh, I'm, uh, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful to be able to be here. It's my first time uh, in Camp Hask and uh, already, I mean, just uh, faces of people, familiar faces, and also uh, just to see you guys in the beginning of Voda and to be able to learn together with you is a tremendous opportunity. I say Bechina said to Saul because it's important for us to recognize that uh, we're not quite there and the last thing that's necessary and that arrives uh, is Skula said to Saul. School is that intangible aspect that makes Eretz Yisrael into that place, Nevi'im. So we don't have Nevuah yet, but, uh, but certainly the path back to Nevuah comes through places like this. And the path back to Eretz Yisrael for all of us comes through places like this. Ashechem. So I want to, um, I was going to say a, a little thing about July 4th, but uh, just to, to recognize that we're in here and uh, certainly there's fireworks, there's barbecue and uh, uh, <laughs> Maybe you could talk about afterwards. We're in a Medina Shulchasa that we're able to go ahead and to do what we do here. And uh, we have uh, Babacher Rebbe told us Hasidim in, uh, in 1974. He said that uh, And the Babacher Rebbe says this land was founded upon people of profound faith. He says, But the Rebbe told his uh, Hasidim, he says, The Muna here was profound faith. Everything that it means, that's how they founded this land. And it's not stunned that the Jewish people end up here in our last station in Gullahs. So, so we're not quite at that. So that's why we're still a Bechina. Um, we're in Beinah Mitzarim. In Beinah Mitzarim, Chazal tell us, Sechta Rosh Hashanah, and Dr. Chesam Abbas, Chazal say that they're talking about the Tzoy, the Arba Tzomos, the Dalit Tzomos, and says Tzoy Mashvi. Tzoy Mashvi is for, for Gedalia and Achikon. So he says, why do we have a Tzom specifically for Gedalia? And uh, he says, because the, the Gemara tells, because mitas tzaddikim shkula keneged tzarefas beis mikdashenu. That the death of tzaddikim is, corresponds, the, de- the trauma, the wake of the death of a tzaddik corresponds to the tzarefa, to the burning of the beis hamikdash. In Eicha Rabbah, they, they're maflik, they even go more, they say it's even more than that, because beis mikdash is burnt, is burnt just once in a generation, we had two, we'll see a third, but tzaddikim are taken from us in every generation, we're left bereft. So I thought that, uh, I thought perhaps when we were thinking about what exactly we would learn the next couple of times, so I thought that maybe perhaps the vote of connecting to tzaddikim, a specific kind of tzaddik, the tzaddikim that we have are coming from the house of the Baal Shem Tov and the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov. It's uh, what I personally feel uh, connected to, uh, but there are many other tzaddikim to connect to as well. It's not bedavka, uh, not saying anything that's a chiddush here, it's not bedavka there. Tzaddikim are, uh, there's different types of tzaddikim, but the tzaddikim that I want to connect to and speak about through uh, learning about their lives and learning about who they were and, and, and how they worked and what their Torah was, to be able to connect to that is, I think, an aspect of building Beis HaMikdash. We know that there, the Gemara says, you know, the Gemara Bracha says, you know, the wedding, the Jewish wedding, it's as if you're building up one of the, one of the ruins of Yerushalayim. So there's different ways in which we could build Beis HaMikdash back up. Certainly we're covering the Chesed aspect of it, but uh, the aspect of connecting to Tzadikim, being Mesabir and Shivchan Shal Tzadikim, I think is, uh, is a profound avoda during this time of Beinah Mitzarim. So with that in mind, just to, to say that as we say their words, and so they say, 
that the lips of the tzaddikim, when we speak out their words, when they speak in the kever, so, so that aspect of tichiyah should, uh, should build the base of mikdash. And we say in this time of Bein HaMitzarim, so there should Hashem be matzah. We could find Hashem, even Hashem is bound even times of Bein HaMitzarim. It's in our tefillah and schus of our learning and everything that we do here, that, uh, that Hashem will, uh, will answer us by Merchavya. In Hametzah Karas, Yikonani, Merchavya, Kadosh Baruch will be able to answer us in the wide open expanses of our hearts and places that we desire to be. So the first, the first tzaddik that I want to speak about, um, and obviously uh, I want to keep this uh, relatively short and cognizant of everybody's time. Um, so, uh, so keep this short. Obviously uh, anybody wants to speak at anything afterwards, might not touch upon everything, but I'm here. I'm sorry I did not print out enough. Um, that's my fault. Um, but the uh, tzaddik I want to talk about is, uh, is the Kamarna Rebbe. Uh, Kamarna Rebbe is Yitzchak Isaac Yehuda Yechiel Safran of Kamarno, and uh, and I want to start by showing how how uh, the Shtalshl is from the Baal Shem Tov, how it comes to the uh, how it comes to the Kamarna, and uh, no less than it, the Richemaya Morgenstern, when, I believe one of the tzaddikim of our generation said that of all the tzaddikim throughout the generations, the one that was most connected to the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov was the Kamarna Rebbe. Uh, Rav said this in Sichem Parshas Baloscha two years ago. And, uh, and he said the reason is because the Baal Shem Tov was, saw himself as a mamshich derech of the Ari and uh, took the Ari's Torah and, and made it into something, psychologized it, and he turned it into something actionable. He turned it into something that we could bring into our own lives. The Kamarner, many generations later, the Kamarner happened to go ahead and to take the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov and he reconnected it back to the Arizal and he basically took things full circle. And Kamarne Chasidis, as we're going to see, one of the Ma'afyanim, one of the things that define Kamarne Chasidis is a deep, deep connection to Lurianic Kabbalah, to the Kabbalah Sari, and, uh, and it's this amazing mizog, this amazing inter- admixture of the Torah of Al Shem Tov, what we would characterize as Chasidis, and, uh, and open, open Torah of the Arizal, using the full terminology of the Arizal and Lurianic Kabbalah. So let's start a little bit. I just want to show you the, uh, the, the Shashel. So you have the Baal Shem Tov, Baal Shem Tov dies in 1760. Baal Shem Tov's main Talmud, Imam Sheikh Derech, is of Dov Der Magadiv Mezuch, dies in 1772. So only four years before the, the Declaration of Independence, I guess. The Magid has uh, one, of his, one of the main strains, the Magid is of Melech Luzhensk. Melech Luzhensk has his he has four major Talmidim. The major Talmud we're focusing on here is the Chos of Lublin, Yaakov Yitzchak of Lublin, who dies in 1815. He had many Talmidim that gathered around him, and uh, one of these Talmidim was Yitzchak Isaac Eichenstein of Safran. So Yitzchak Isaac Safriner, who's the grandfather of the Kamarner. When I'm going to say the Kamarner, when we say the Kamarner, we're referring to his grandson. So Yitzchak Isaac Eichenstein of Safran has five sons and a daughter, and those five sons all start... Uh, they all start the court of their own. They all start the chatzar of their own. And uh, his son, Alexander Sender of Kamarno, who is not uh, what you would characterize as Hasidic Rav, he was a Dayan and a Posek. So he has a son, Yitzchak Isaac Yehudi Yechiel. Actually, uh, the Kamarno Rebbe said all the Yuds in his name are connected to the Birkas Kohanim. All the Yods over there correspond to the Birkas Kohanim. And he saw his life as one that was infused with the Bracha. And they were Levim. And, uh, and he, has, uh, he has his children. But if you just look at the leftmost side, you have Tzvi Hirsch Zidichavar. So the Kamarna's father, Alexander Sender, dies uh, very early, relatively young. And the Kamarna is left orphaned. And Rov of his Torah, uh, the majority of his Torah he gets from his uncle, 
the Zidichavar. So we're going to come back to Zidichavar, but I wanted to just, you have in front of you the... Um, the Shalshelas of uh, Kamarna. Kamarna still exists nowadays. Um, I'm learning this summer, we learned this summer, uh, there's a Minog Yisrael many times throughout the year to learn Pirkei Avos. So I, I got my hands on a new uh, volume of Pirkei Avos called, uh, well, the Kamarna's Pirkei is called Noitzeh Chased. And Noitzeh Chased, there's a beautiful Madura that was edited by the Chavrus of Rav Shemayim Morgan Stern, by Rav Matisyao Safrin, uh, who is the current Kamarna Rebbe's son. He died, uh, he died very young. He died, uh, I think, at the age of 42, and uh, two years ago. And they published it, and it's uh, marvelous. Uh, just an unbelievable volume that really is Makari of the Torah of Kamarna in a, in a very, for me at least, this, because that's what I need in an easily digestible, pre- uh, cl- uh, very lucid presentation of the Torah of Kamarna. All Meruka's Sviv Pirkei So let's take a look at this Mishpach of Tzadikim. How does a Kamarna come about? And, um, and how, does, uh, how, how do you get a Kamarna Rebbe. So the Kamarna's grandfather was not, uh, he was Talmud of the Chos, and the Chos was very Makari of him, but he was not employed as a rabbi in the traditional sense. He actually was a toll collector. And uh, they write, and when I say they write, the biography that I'm using is from a Kamarna Chos who survived the Holocaust, Rabbi Dr. Chaim Berl, and who died, but when he writes about the Kamarna, you could sense that he's, he's speaking this from familial uh, familiarity, they experienced the Hasidus on his own, so the Kamarna's grandfather is a tax collector, and what he would do is he would, he would see the Jews that would be passing on the roads and when he saw a Jew that looked like they needed a place to, to sleep for the night so he would invite them in, and also uh, he had a number of opportunities where he was able to do pigeon shvuyim because he would see, uh, he would see the non-Jewish uh, merchants traveling by Nebuch, a person wasn't able to pay their debts, so they would take a Jew to come and to work for them, to pay off debts. So he would do pigeon shvuyim, he would pay them off in order to redeem those captives. So uh, another commander Chas, another survivor of Michal Braver, writes the following thing, just a story about the commander, and do you know what, maybe even in the interest of time, uh, I'll, I'll, we'll speak out source number one outside. He writes that, uh, that it happened at one point that they had to do, uh, they had to be poda uh, a shavui, and they were poda uh, a certain young woman, and uh, their house was empty. And then, of course, he's still at his job at the toll booth, and he sees a passerby, and they want to invite them in. A yid is hungry, so they invite them in, and they have nothing in the house. The house is empty, and they scrounge together, and this oireach, this visitor, sees that they're going all over the place just to scrounge together something, something for this person to eat. And he has this evening at them, he says in the morning, he says, okay, how am I going to go ahead and give you a bracha? How do I bless you and thank you for everything that you've done? He says, I'm going to give you a choice. You could have a shiris and phlegis, you could have crazy wealth, and wealth for these people is not stam, these are destitute, impoverished people, and obviously they're using their money for, for, for holy matters, like pigeon shvuyim, or to go ahead and to, uh, and to be machil aniyim and passerby. I could give you that, or I could give you banan sadikim, I could give you righteous children. So without skipping a beat, the commander's uh, grandfather and grandmother say, we want, we want holy children. We want holy children. He blesses them and he says, with your holy children, b'mesila nala. With your holy children, you'll be able to go and ascend the ladder. The b'mesila is roshi tevos for all their sons. Bez for Ber, Mem for Moshe of Sambor, Samech for Alexander Sender, Lamed for Lipa, and Hey for Herschel at Svir Zidichavar. And that was the bracha. And I believe that it's in the schus of mitzvahs like that. Pidyon Shvuyim and also going ahead and, and being machlanim and making that faithful choice that even when you could have all your problems taken care of by dint of a bracha and these people believed in the power of brachas as it should and they chose, uh, they chose 
righteous children, and this is that's that's basically how it eventually arrives that your grandchild is a is the Kamarna Rebbe. So. Source number two, let's read inside. So the Kamarna's grandfather used to go ahead and like many people at the time, he would visit the city of Sitri. The city of Sitri had a very uh, famous Marada Asr. The Marada Asr of the city of Sitri was Rav Aryeh Bat Cohen. Rav Aryeh Bat Cohen was the Balak Tzais. The Balak Tzais was known as Misnagid. Uh, he also authored the Ktsos. I had an opportunity to speak about the Ktsos uh, uh this uh, past week at a conference. And uh, I encourage everybody, if you have the Machon Yerushalayim edition of the Ktsos HaChoshen, to read the Hakdam in its entirety. And when I talk about Sadiqim not necessarily coming in the mold of the Baal Shem Tov, you, uh, the Ktsos is a perfect example of it. The Ktsos, uh, the, the Ktsos basically was incredibly... Uh, he was stricken with penury. He had nothing. And uh, the story goes that Kamarna's grandfather, Rav Yitzchak comes to Sitri one time and he notices that the Ketzos' family is not inside the house. And he says, and then he, he's, the house seems empty and he goes into like the inner chamber and he sees this form covered in blankets and smichot and all kinds of uh, karim pillows and he notices that it's moving. And underneath the blanket, something is moving. So he reports, he says that when he, he was mavchin, what was going on over there, he realized the ktos is under, is under all these blankets. And why is he under these blankets? Because he doesn't want his inkwell to freeze. And he's writing, Mistama, he's writing his chibur. He's writing, Shev Shemais was written at his Sheva Brachos. So he must have been writing the ktos. We know, we, we know from the ktos himself, he says, when it came time to print the second volume of the ktos HaChoshen, which is a chibur, of course, on Choshen Mishpat. And nowadays you open up a ktos and Choshen Mishpat is printed right there. He says in a poem in the beginning of the second volume, he says, V'shulchan Aruch Mitoch of Menativ. I haven't been able to publish the Shulchan Aruch in here, Machmas, Itzos, Atfos, Kirabosim. Because they couldn't afford to be able to print. They had to be some accounting on they had to they, they couldn't print uh, uh, enough so he said okay people will find the shulchan Aruch elsewhere that's that's the ktsos and he would come to him so this is a story about his interactions with the ktsos and about the kamarner's rebbe about uh, the zidit shaver the story goes like this he brought his son Rav Yitzchak Isaac Safrina brought his son the young zidit shaver the young Herschel, the Shavar, he brought him to go visit the Ketzos, and the Ketzos was blown away by his, uh, by his young Bikiyas and his knowledge. And once Ritzi showed also, I'm not just a London, but I'm also a Chassid, I'm Am Shechterach of the Baal Shem Tov. So he couldn't make fun of him, he couldn't say anything deprecating about him. So the, the Baal Ketzos asked one question. Of, uh, of the young Zidich. He says, okay, you want to say that the Baal Shem Tov has this tremendous innovation, and Baal Shem Tov is bringing this tremendous light to the world. Okay, so, so why did we wait so long? Why is it that we took so long to get here? Why not start from, uh, why not start all the way back then? Right, what, what took all these centuries? So Zidich Shavar responded, I don't understand the question. We know that there's a time and a place for everything. Wasn't the auspicious time for the Torah of the to be expressed to the world? Simple. But since the Balak Tzos is asking a question, you have to answer and you have to give a good answer. He says, So he says, I'll give a mash. This person was walking in Ishtar Shams Manrav and he spent a long time in this distant place. So he saw this wondrous bird. He saw this amazing bird when he was there. Nobody wanted to believe him. What kind of a bird are you talking about? Such a thing doesn't exist. 
Another person goes and says, no, actually, this guy's telling, is telling MS, he, this is what the bird looks like, this is what I saw. So he says, People start to believe, There were many people that did not believe still. And then finally, everybody is debating whether or not this bird actually exists. Sure enough, the bird shows up and people say, oh, this is what they were talking about. Right? The mashal of the nimshal is obvious. The nimshal is that the Ari's Torah is something very abstruse, very abstract. Right? The, the Ari sent out many talmidim, Rav Meir Saruk and Rav Emanuel Ricci, the Baal Mishnah's Chassidim, they go out to different places, but people still don't, there's no, not everybody was in Tzfas at that time. Right? Not everybody was able to zochet to be mistofev in the, in the circle of, of the Ari. And then after, after and people say it couldn't be such a thing to have this Torah. The Baal Shem Tov comes and the Baal Shem Tov says, no, here's the Arizal. Here's the Arizal and you could actually live your life based on this. You could actually interact and perform every mitzvah you do based on this Torah and you can infuse your, your Yiddishkeit with this and elevate it to, to places that people wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have imagined. So he says, The Gemara says there's seven heavens. says there's actually thousands more. Nobody wanted to believe. Ari brought it a little bit down. Some people believed. Some didn't. says. All these heavens that they were talking about, they're here. Here are all the heavens. You could experience them right now. You could have a Shabbos, you could experience it. You could have a summer, you could experience that heaven. The story ends, and it's hard to believe this. So he's finishing to answer this young Zedichavir Vaharye. So the Balak says, Not the Rimakomibinhima, Hav Efrahamipanov, let me run away from him. Kinafol of Pachat Shamiyimsha Khasidas. A fear fell upon him that he would become a Chasid. Believe it or not. The Ktos' the, the son ended up becoming a chassid as well. So he ended up becoming close to tzaddikim in Poland, and he ended up becoming a chassid as well. So eventually it ended up getting there. So that's the story, and that's, that's the Rebbe. That's the Rebbe of the Kamarner, the Zidichavar. Just a little bit more about the Zidichavar, source number three. The grandfather of Rabbeinu, of the Kamarner, was Rietzak Isaac Safrin and Mikvar Safrin. Galicia, the place we're talking about just geographically is basically to the south of Poland the nexus of Poland, Hungary, Romania and Russia basically where my family comes from where I'm sure many people's families come from that's uh, that, that holy place right? with the mountains as well that's, uh, that's, where the, the, that's where these tzaddikim flourish. So he says, They were descendants of Yontav Lippim Heller. He didn't conduct himself as a rabbi. He was totally able to do this. He, was, he, was, he, had, he had the credentials. So he had a brewery. I mentioned he was a tax collector also. Right, that's a statement that comes in Masech Techulin, talks about how long we wait in between meat and milk. Compared to my father, I'm vinegar compared to wine. I've got nothing compared to my father. He says, When they would get to Lublin to be by the Chose, and to spend Shabbos by the Chose, the Chose would, would give Rav Yitzchak Isaac, he would give him 
a white kapata. The chose apparently would be malvish. His close mekur of tzaddik, the the tzaddikim that are closest him, he would he would be malvish them. He would give them a white kapata to wear. And actually, the kamarner tzaddikim from then on, if you go now to Bnei Brak and you visit the kamarner rebbe, so you'll see that on Shabbos they still wear white. On Shabbos, the minog starts over here from the chose milublin, and he was bucky and in all dalit chalki shulchan arach. So that's the that's the grandfather that we're talking about. That wasn't even noig virabanus. Continuing on, and if I'm moving too fast, uh, you could slow me down. I just I want to get to the Torah, but uh, but it's so important to know where they come from. And even if we were just to talk about the background, that would be sufficient. Rav Michal Braver also writes in Svila Tzadik in another sefer about the tzadik, the, the level of tzadik that the Ziddich was. Listen to this story. The Ziddich would run away from Kavod and honor so much. He was afraid of it. So this story comes directly from his Talmud, from the Kamarner himself. The Kamarner's parish on the Zohar, which is Zohar Chai. Uh, this is, I guess, an important juncture to point out that what makes the Kamarner's Torah really sui generis, it's very hard to find this, except in the earlier generations of Hasidus, that basically all the Torah that we have comes from his own hand. He wrote copiously. He wrote constantly. Everything, it doesn't come, even Sfasemis, for example. Sfasemis, when you read Sfasemis, the Torah, it's obviously very beautiful and it requires. Sfasemis doesn't come from the hand of the tzaddik. It's not from the hand of the tzaddik. It comes from tamidim. Right? You read the Torah of Leibla Eger, it doesn't come from the hand of the tzaddik. It comes from tamidim. So something, unfortunately, that I think all of us can... Orient ourselves to something is lost in the process when it's not the tzaddik's own hand. So I would encourage you, you if you want to test this out, take time, find the svarim. I'll give you an example. Blushev um, Rebbe, right? It's Tzila Tzaddik. So Blushev Rebbe wrote wrote his sefer on his own. You could sense it. You could sense this is actually that it actually sometimes is a little bit more verbose, a lot more words, and almost every line in Tzila Tzaddik ends with Baruch Hashem b'siyata d'shmaya. It's like a yose. Every you hear the tzaddik talking to you. Mashenke when it comes to us through tamidim, you could see that you could really feel the difference actually between something that's yad sheni and something that comes to the other side. Kamarna, basically everything we have for the kamarna, he wrote on his own. He he had the he had the wherewithal to do so, and and he was able to publish tremendously. We have so much writing, almost endless amount of writing. We'll go through a little bit of the svarim that he wrote uh, just to show you that every aspect of the Torah, the Kamarna had what to say and what to add and what to expound upon. So he says in Zorachai, and this is interspersed in his commentary, in the Zorah Zelishon, in Pam Achat, Shvus morning, Nichnasti, I'm guessing after Mikvah and after Tikkun, Nichnasti Amaridoi Di Akadosh I entered into the chambers of my teacher and my uncle. He wasn't mavchin. He didn't. He didn't pay attention when I came. I heard he's pacing back and forth. No, he's crying to God. About four hundred, five hundred people there for yontiv with him. And he said, "Is it possible that this olam, that all these people that were sent here, is it possible that the Satan, that the Baldavar is the one that sent me all these people? Is it possible that they all came here to spend yontiv with me in order to tear me away from Hakadosh Baruch Hu?" He cried again. Have mercy on this soul. Please, don't push me away. He says, I opened up the door and I ran away. 
He said, this, this is a level of, of tzaddik and kamarner, probably because of this. Kamarner was never zolcha to, to a name as big as uh, some of the other chatzeres. It was never that big of a chatzar. And I think part of it has to do with this ethos, with where the Torah comes from, in this sense that, that when people come, that, that, and this specifically people that are coming here, that it, this is actually like a kind of uh, a test. And Kamarner, and, and it also has to do with the abstraction of the Torah and the deep Lurianic Kabbalah that is interspersed with all of us. So we're going to, um, we're going to skip the next one, but uh, another mafyain, so I mentioned the Torah of the Ari, another mafyain, the Zidichavr had money, and the Zidichavr had the ability, and he wanted to go ahead and to print out Kabbalah's Hari, and he wanted to print out the Zohar in a proper Tfus. The Zohar's, the first Tfus of the Zohar, is the Mantua Tfus, and that is considered the best Tfus of the Zohar. It has the, the least uh, Shibushim, it has the least problems with the printing of the text, and there were many errors that came into later texts of the printing of the Zohar. So the Zidich ever wanted to go ahead and print it, and he wanted to spread it around to, to the Jews there. The last Talmud of the, of the Chosid to be alive at the time, and really the head of all of the Zakin HaChasidim, Zakin Admar at the time was the Aptarov, was the Rav Yisrael. So he writes a letter, the Zidich Shavu writes a letter begging the Aptarov to allow him to print it. And you could see in this how connected and how close he is, and, uh, and it's a shame maybe, it's a shame to, to not, here, take a look at the second paragraph. Maybe the second paragraph is, uh, he says how much he, he feels that the Nikud of his Neshama is connected to Torah's Kabbalah, and the Torah of the Ari, and the Zohar, and how he feels that this is what needs to be printed. He says, It was made known to me from Shamayim, I see that the Chassidus, and the way the Baal Shem is starting to spread out, we know that with the expression of the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov, that it's uh, bringing us closer to, to the final good. I've traveled from here and far to go and to seek out the word of Hashem from Sadiqim. That you, the Aptor of, you know this. I've been by you. I know my soul. So basically saying, I am understanding, right? Why am I so moved to do this? Because, and, and this is, and, and if you could center it on what the Torah of Kamarna is, this is basically the idea. We see that the Torah of Balshanta is catching on. Like what? It's, it's, it's all of a sudden from, from nothing. Right from a man in the mountains, a, th- a, th- a third of European Jewry is connected to this Torah. It's connected to this way, and and chatzeros are blossoming. Tzaddikim, like the Jewish people haven't seen in centuries, are blossoming in Europe, and after terrible gzeros. And he says, how could it be that we're going to be having the Torah of the Baal Shem to bring us closer to the Mashiach? But we don't understand the underpinnings of it. The underpinnings of it have to be miusadim on the Torah of Rizal. So that touches on a very, a very difficult challenge because. You can't reveal this stuff to the masses. And we see in this letter a kind of ratzon by the Zidichavr to start to popularize something that, uh, something that even today is still quite radical. We're, we're more used to it. There's tremendous biurim uh, on Kabbalah nowadays and it's much more available to the average person if they want to take a dive into that. But the truth is, is that this is still a radical idea to go ahead and to popularize. But he says, if the Baal Shem Tov is becoming popular, and the Baal Shem Tov's Torah is starting to bring us closer to the Mashiach, how could we get there without understanding the fundamentals of it, which are based upon Kabbalah and the Torah Sarizos? So please let me go ahead and print it. Eventually they did go ahead and print it, but uh, 
but that is, uh, but that's where the, the Kamarna is coming from. Two more, two more on the background of the Kamarna. So this comes from the Kamarna himself. So now we're talking about the Kamarna himself. One of the amazing things that the Kamarna did was he kept a journal. He kept a diary. If you want to read it in English, um, Morris Feierstein. Morris Feierstein published a book, Jewish Mystical Testimonies. And in it, they have translations of the Kamarner, they have translations of Rav Abu Lafia, and you could see in English, although a lot is lost in the translation, the Kamarner kept, uh, kept a hidden document for himself, a diary of sorts, called Megillah Starim, and he would write about his innermost, uh, he writes about his wife, he writes about his marriage, he writes about the love that he feels, he writes about his wife, he says, uh, it's just amazing to hear this from the mouth of such a tzaddik, he says, Matsapi bas zivugi, I found my, uh, I found my zivug, I found my partner, and she is from the exact same root of my soul. She, he knows, he knows that they come from the same root of their soul, for, as his soul, and, and he talks about the love between them. The tzaddik, like, this, not, this is not foreign to tzaddikim to talk about such things. But the commander writes, he says, and he, he, he has a vision, and he had a magid that would come to him, and would speak to him, and reveal Torah to him, and he writes, Lezeki he's talking afterwards, he actually writes, he says that he struggles, he had a time where he was struggling with the, he was struggling with the pituyim, with the seductions of the Yed Sahara that happen when a person is in younger ages. He writes that openly about himself. And he says, he, and, he, and he undergoes tanisim and sigufim, and he causes himself to suffer, to try and to break this taiva. So he says, says, at that point, I accepted the following upon myself. Let what, come what may. Anything could happen. I'm going to stay by the tzaddik. He's referring to his grandfather. He's referring to his uncle. And then I stood by him and I said, Shemarana Besht, who owed upon the Olam Azed, the Baal Shem Tov, with the Zidich Aver, the Baal Shem Tov is back in the world. Right? He says it's possible that right now we're experiencing a revelation of the Baal Shem Tov that's even greater than the revelation of the Baal Shem Tov himself, if you can imagine such a thing. That we're finding the true expression of what the Baal Shem Tov is trying to communicate. The last thing, this comes from the son of the Kamarner and the Mam Sheikh Terech, the Baal Damesek Eliezer, source number seven, Sir of Eliezer Tzvi Safran, amazing tzaddik in his own right and worthy of his own series of shiurim in his own right. So he writes, he says, this is the Hakdam and his parish on the Zohar called Damesek Eliezer. So he says, I went to my father's house. Basically what had happened was is that his father told him that you have to continue in the derech of our family, learning Torah Sakabala and explaining the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov. And, uh, and he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't into it. The Baal Damesek Eliezer was, was much more drawn to Nigla. And he has this crazy dream and he's led by a certain individual into, uh, into different antechambers, reminiscent of the Baal Shem Tov's visions. And uh, he goes and he, he, he runs and he tells his father, he says, Tav, I told him this crazy dream that I had. He says, The man who led you through all these rooms, that's Rav Sava from the Chavra Kadisha of the Zohar of Rajbi. And I've been davening my son. And I've had kavanas in all these days. So that you should be able to see him and see the light. He says, the reason that you saw him is because I've been davening for you to have this revelation and because I'm explaining the words of Rav Yeh in Parshas Mishpatim in my own Hebrew on the Zohar right now. And you, my son, you've been Zohar to see something that I myself haven't. 
רק אתה, וכמעט כמו חצי שעה היה לאבי אדוני מוי ורבי חלישה סטאס, my father had a little bit of a weakening of spirit. ותקע מיד השילי, then he said, שמחתי במה שאתה זכית למר יסם. My son, I experienced such joy that you've been able to see this. ואפשר יכול להיות שבזכות החולם הזה שזכיתי לראות, that you've been able to see this not only עשה בקדישה נא כוח זה, שוכלה פריש פיירס זה על ספר הקודש. So you see the connection between a father and son. The truth is that the Kamarna had another son who was destined to really be the Mam Sheikh Derek, but he died during the Kamarna's uh, lifetime. The Kamarna lost a child during his lifetime. So, with that in place and understanding the magnitude of the Tzaddik and the Stashnus, the unique aspect of the Torah, the Balshemtov, that he expresses, I think it's uh, with the time we have left, and I'm very, I'm going to be mocked on your guys' time. Uh, with the time we have left just to see a little bit of his Torah and uh, maybe before that we'll talk a little bit about the Chiburim of the Kamarner and uh, many of these farms are available uh, anybody that goes to YU or probably any other college you have access to Otsar Chachma so you, uh, so you can go ahead and you can seek out anything there uh, major Chiburim of the Kamarner the most major of, that we have is um, the most major Chibur that we have is the Heichel Abracha which is a massive parish in all of Chumash it is totally unique because the Kamarna uses as his jumping off point to speak Hasidus and Divrei Kabbalah, he uses the Mesorah Gedol and Mesorah Ketana, which are the Masoretic notes that come from the Ben Asher families and the families in Tiveria, the Masoretes at the time of the Geonim, a little bit before also, that give us our Torah text. That give us the text of our Torah that, uh, that basically say, this is, uh, this, is, this is where you have a vav, this is where it's mali, this is where it's chaser, this is where it's ptucha, this is where it's astuma, this is the tagging on this os, this os is big, this os is small. Right? That's, uh, so he has, if you open up a chumash heichel bracha, you'll see on one side the masorah gedol and the masorah ketana. Right, which is totally strange to find in a work of Hasidus, and the commander uses Malay and Chaser as his launching pad. Right, if this if this pasuk and he has Klalim also, he says there's a Klal. Whenever an extra Yud appears, it means one thing in Hasidus, and when an extra Vav appears, it means another thing. And when a Vav is taken away, or when a Hey is put at the end of a word, so that means something Hasidus, and he uses that as his jumping off point. It has Perish Maskele David that's printed the Heichal Bracha, which is a commentary on the Mesorah Kitana, and that's uh, that's the Heichal Bracha at the back of Chumash Heichal Bracha is a sefer called Kesem Ophir Kesem Ophir is a parish on the Megillah, Megillah's Esther it's now published as a standalone sefer with Biurim, the Kamarna as we mentioned wrote a sefer on Perkei Yavis called Neitzri Chesed the Kamarna wrote on Shulchan Aruch Arachayim and also Hilchus Nida a sefer called Shulchan Atar which is an explication of the Halachos uh, with, a, uh, with a Kabbalistic twist to everything, I guess that's the way we'll put it. Uh, a parish on the Zora Kaddish called Zora Chai, and then there's also a parish on Pirke Avos called Bendesi, and uh, and then there's other chiburim, more I would say, uh, more minor chiburim that come to us uh, from other places. So let's take a look at a few of the Torahs, and uh, with this, uh, with this, I will. Uh, I'll release you guys from your suffering of having to listen to me. Uh, the Kamarner says in Zorachai Bereshis. So everything that the Kamarner says is always, he always, he sees himself, at least the Hatzadik Be'inei Atzmo, he sees himself as a complete Mam Shechterach of the Baal Shem Tov. He sees himself as taking the Baal Shem Tov's Torah and, uh, and, and, and elevating it back L'Shoi Rasha by connecting it to the Baal Shem Tov and past the Baal Shem Tov to Ari and past the Ari to Rishim Abar Yechai. So he says Beresh, so this is on the first word in, uh, in the Akdam to the Zohar. It says, it's, sorry, the first word of the Zohar on, uh, on Parshas Beresh is Beresh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. The word Beresh, Beresh stands for Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Rabbi Yitzchak ben Shlomo, Rabbi Yisrael ben Sarah. Okay, Rabbi Yitzchak ben Shlomo is Rashi, right? 
And Rav Yisrael ben Sara, Rav Yisrael ben Sara is the Baal Shem Tov. Sorry, Yitzchak ben Shlomo is also the Ari. Right? These are the Nishamas from the world of, uh, of, of the Tikkun. These are the Nishamas that came to rectify the whole world. Shoresh Yishai, Shimon Yitzchak Yisrael. So the word Yishai, David ben Yishai, so in a, in a, in a, in, in, a, in a Kabbalistic sense, the David ben Yishai comes by being Mosig, the Torah of Yitzchak, the Ari, Yisrael, the Besht, and Shimon bar Yochai, the Rajbi. Asher Aleihem Ha'olam Omei Veniskan Nizkayim Amein Keini Rotsen. the first comment that he has on the Zohar Kaddish, on the Torah, and he sees all these three tzaddikim, he sees himself as the Mam Derech of bringing us to David ben Yishai. Yishai over here, Shimon Yitzchak Yisrael. So that's, that's, that's how he chooses to open up his parish on the Zohar Kaddish and the Torah. And then next source, the Rav HaKadosh Mikamarna, Notza Chesa and Perki Avos, Dalit Chav, this is actually uh, the only, one of the only places, I think one of two places in all of Shas where we have uh, a Memra said in the name of Elisha ben Nevuya, and he writes the following thing, He says, There are many foolish people that run away from learning the Torah of the Ariz of Asaf Razoar and learning the Zohar. These are our life source. Says Davin Melchantil, and were my nation to only listen to me. In our days when evil and heresy and people are pushed away from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, everywhere you look, so he says, this is what we need. If people only realize that the Torah Kedoshah's answers to these things, to be shukeya, to put themselves directly into this Torah, they would be able to, to be mitmodei, they would be able to cope. So he says, if they would only learn this, they would have some sort of a man, some sort of an answer. And we would be able to cancel out all the terrible gzeros lo'aleinu. And they would increase light and divine sustenance to all the worlds. In all areas that we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for. Taste and see how good Hashem and His Torah is. So as you see, he's very partisan. He believes that this is the, he, he says this is the path, right? This is the path. If you want to go ahead and you want to, you want to experience chef and you want to experience, you want to know what the answers are. You want to experience your way to navigate through the world that this very darkened, very movable state at the end of history, the way to do so is through this Torah. And obviously he's including his own Torah in this, in this, in this chain of understanding as well. Everybody according to their level of sanctity and preparation and their understanding. All of Jewish people are holy and they're able to be zochet. What can we do? Let Hashem illuminate to his nation through all the Torah. Just one or two more. Let's take a look. I just printed super small. So, so Atze Eden, so the commander wrote on Nigla as well. Atze Eden is his commentary on the on Menachos. Maybe we'll skip source number 10 and we'll just look at uh, 11 from the Shulchan Atar. This is how the commander writes on Halacha. This is what it looks like when, when this tzaddik is writing on Halacha. He says, Kolish Yisrael Anybody in the, the language, the language at times, my Chavrus was saying, you know, my Chavrus was saying, I, I've, he's been learning a lot more commander than me and he says you know he always gets it's a little bit arresting it's a little bit uh, it stops a person the how, how sharp the lishonos are sometimes I, I guess we understand that 
or at least the way that I understand that is that this is within within his system. This has to be true, and and he's expressing he's expressing the deepest truth that his neshama knows because he's fully actualized. So in doing so, this is the kind of lashonas that come out from pure clarity. He says, Anybody that has any bit of a degree of Judaism, some of it doesn't wear Rabbi Nutam, so it's not like the Mishnah Bura. You don't really find this this lashon in other commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch. In Osev Amazing to say Snefesh Poshe Yisrael Beguf Karkafta Lamanach Tefillin. Right? Obviously, uh, obviously, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't wear Rabbi Nutam yet, but uh, but um, I might uh, after I read this a few more times. But uh, but obviously, obviously uh, within his system, this is this is absolute truth. And he says, Nobody should be afraid of those that will mock them for this, and they should wear them both at once. Right? They should wear them both at once, ostensibly covering them over. Kimina gari with the talis as well. And this is what we mean when we say you should run to do the Ratzon of your God. So he says, okay, there's, it's not always going to be possible. A person might be embarrassed to do so. A person might think maybe this is a yura. They might be seen as, uh, as arrogating to go ahead and to wear this kind of a, to do this kind of a practice. So he says, okay, there's other etzos. And if you look at, hey, he says, So now you're not a Pashe Yisrael Begufo, right? Now you're not a Kakaf Lamanach Tefillin. But he says, somebody that has a little bit of years, Hashem in his heart, Yanech Tefillin, Shal Shimusha Rabba Veraivit. Shimusha Rabba Veraivit are two other shitos with how, with actually, I think it's uh, Shimusha Rabba is an inversion of Rabbeinu Tam, right? So even though the Havayas Serbans, even though it's a Kisidran, so it's the opposite Kisidran, should be in the face of the person, the Kore. Right, uh, we could get into Rashi in the time. It's actually one of the most fascinating halachic and uh, historical topics uh, to talk about. It's archaeology comes into it as well. Uh, the tefillin that were found at Qumran and the tefillin that were found at uh, Mitzad as well. How they conform? Uh, actually, the tefillin in Qumran. Just a, a did you know the tefillin at Qumran that were found are, are, are Rashi tefillin, right? But they have one extra bias. What's in the extra bias? What did they wear? Sarsadibros, right? So that's the extra thing. To me, that's even that. Even that, to me, is kind of like a, a wild thing, because, be, first of all, that's absolutely attested to the Gemara, Bracha says that during tefillah, there'd be a special time in the daily tefillah that they would announce the Aser Sadibra, so it would make sense. Obviously, it's not our understanding of the Masorah, it would make sense that people who were sectarian would believe that this would be part of their tefillin. But then, Mishnah Yisrael Aminim, so that when the, uh, when the heretics increased, and they wanted to be mamed the whole Torah on the Decalogue, on the Aseris Adibros, so they cancelled out the Aseris Adibros, the recitation during the, during the middle of the service as well. Whatever. Basically, this is, this is every comment of the Kamarn and the Shulchan Torah on Halacha. All of a sudden, Halacha becomes this like, the, the esoteric side of Halacha starts to come directly to the surface. Very exciting. Um, let's do... I'm already over time. I'm so sorry. Can we do one more maybe? If you guys will permit me, I'm sorry. Let's. I wanted to just share. Let's do one more, last one, and I promise. I'm so sorry, Mechila. Last one comes from Heichal Bracha. So in Heichal Bracha, he says, and this is this is one of the most beautiful things. You could have lines after lines after lines. I understand when I read Heichal Bracha. I'll confess. I understand maybe like fifty percent of what I'm reading. The Lurianic stuff. It, it goes. Even if I ask my brother afterwards to explain it, I still don't understand. It goes like whoosh, right? But then which one? <laughs> All of them. All of them, Mori. So then, so then, um, so the Kavarna writes, 
feel it's proper to make fun of him because he's been sending me pictures from Tekoa all week and, uh, and uh, making me feel bad, so I might as well strike back. So he, he writes, and, and then interspersed, you could have lines and lines, what's going on here, what's happening? And then he tosses out these incredible Lashonos at you, and you say they're coming from a person that's so steeped in what I don't understand. Now they say something that I do understand. It strikes you all that much more. He writes like this, so Kadosh Baruch Hu commanded Moshe to tell the Jewish people and it's to all the generations Ad Malchus based David. He says that they shouldn't have false fears. They shouldn't be afraid of only from a Kadosh Baruch Hu, only person we fear. Fear only God, love every Jew. That's the line. What is Yira What is lower kinds? What is debased Yira? What is debased fear of God turns into? It turns into Atzvus, sadness. Marashchayra, depression. Eloim acheirim, foreign gods. Saidalatri mamishki, oivdi abal vasherim, tamipineim lamata. People that serve the Baal, right? People that are, people that are, are these false, false that are in false avoda, so their face rose to the ground. Begira, veinam edabrim, they don't talk. Veinam ochlin, they don't eat. Umiramin apriyo, shem yireyim, and they trick everybody into thinking we have a great fear of God. Aval oivdi Hashem, but servants of Kadosh Baruch Hu, tamid besimcha. They're always enjoyable, leiv tov, with a gladdened heart. So with utter rejection of the kind of avodah that has a person go ahead and break themselves down until they feel that they're mamish or nothing, avodah Hashem is, the ma'afin of avodah Hashem is simcha, is joy. Find tzaddikim that know how to laugh. Find tzaddikim that, that, that know how to smile. That's, that's, that's the commander's model of a tzaddik over here. And he finishes off in Heichel Bracha Parshish Yisrael that this will finish off and I thank you guys so much. For listening, all the mitzvahs in the Torah are done through a softness of the heart. Person, a, a Jew, has to soften their heart. Torah softens us, it makes us open, it makes us open to emotions. A Jew has to be able to cry, a Jew has to be able to laugh, a Jew has to be able to feel and empathize with other people's joys and their tsaras la'aleinu. Torah means, and, and, and Avoz Hashem means to soften one's heart, to break, to, to, to break, the, to break the heart of stone. Find the leif bas, v'tikan amidos, and to rectify our, to constantly improve ourselves, l'itin tztaka, to give tztaka trus and maisos, l'rachim alakol, to have mercy on people, u'mikol shkein al nafsho, and to have mercy on yourself. Shelo yeish mashchis. Dr. Benjamin is telling me from Rav Kook, right? We have other tzaddikim that tapped into this message as well. Kodem kol adem tzarech limchol esatzma, Rav Kook says. V'achakach, after you've forgiven yourself, yachol limchol akoyil olamkul, you can forgive the whole world. You won't be so memurmur, you won't be so makbid on everything. That's what the Torah is supposed to do to us. That's the program. So you won't be an ishmashchis. You won't be a destroyer, a builder. Or Torah sheikabla le midas tovus. The light of Torah is that we should accept upon ourselves good midas. We should conduct ourselves properly. Yishras. And we should have honesty and uprightness in all our dealings. Shlei nezim zav avchaz. We shouldn't be a gold ring in the snout of a pig. Chas v'shon. Landam misaf lechutz. Just a landam. Somebody that learns Torah and knows a lot. And has a, and, and, and and carries himself like a big a big somebody, but it's only on the outside. That's the commander's message for us. That's all the story of the Arizal channeled into the Besh. When you come full circle, this is the this is the beating heart of all that Torah. Hopefully, we'll be able to internalize this, especially during these days. I really appreciate the opportunity to come learn with you. Next week, we'll be learning um, 